This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Shake them ropes. Jeff Hawkins, writing solo again. Hard to understand why, isn't it? Raw does its lowest rating non-holiday of 2019 against the NBA Finals on the heels of a lackluster show, I would say, about Super Showdown. If you liked Super Showdown, let me know. Love to have that discussion. I guess it was a fine show for what it was. Glorified house show, but uh, some of the decisions I think they made creatively are either insane or they were booking for the next night's television, which means you're in a bubble that you guys don't get. I tended to, you know, I, I, I'm i going to take my victory lap. Mansoor won the, won the Battle Royale. Local talent, nice pop, good move on them. And then the internet, milkshake ducked him. Mansoor has had some problematic tweets about a religion that isn't his. Actually, a race that isn't his. That went out all over the internet after after his win. So you got that. You have Lars Sullivan winning a three-on-one match by disqualification against the Lucha House Party. Promptly comes back on Raw and kills them. Some problematic chance getting picked up on the microphones during that time, too. As Novembrino pointed out to me. Shane McMahon takes 90% of his match with Roman Reigns and then picks up the win. Because he is the best in the world in Saudi Arabia. Makes sense story-wise. Makes no sense for the overall product. Rest of the matches were what you'd expect. I think the only other noteworthy thing is uh, Goldberg knocking himself out, which I felt bad about. I, you know, I I juxtapose what I can expect of men either approaching 50 or at 50 versus what the WWE expects of them, which is to be immortal and to do all the things that you used to do when you were 25. And that's just something everybody can't do. I mean, you again, you look at the Hardy Boys. They are expected to be the Hardy Boys that they were in the Attitude Era. And they get hurt. Shane McMahon is still the Shane McMahon of the Attitude Era, just with some gray hair on him. Booked like a child. Booked like a spoiled rich kid. Put it over in the, uh, in the interviews with Roman. Nobody ever ages because... Vince McMahon wants everybody to be the stars that you remembered. It's why people come to the shows, to see what they remember. It's why we do all this conditioning. Because people remember certain spots and they want them to go home having seen those spots. I found it interesting the uh, in the aftermath of Super Showdown, the uh, the need to put it over as people enjoying it. Now, for those of you unaware of how movies and their advertising sometimes work if you ever see one of those uh asking people what they thought of the movie intercut with the trailer 
usually means that movie has been getting bad reviews. And they're trying to counteract it with the uh, the illusion, or at least the appearance, that people still enjoy this movie, no matter what the critics say. There's two ways people get around this. They either do the uh, entertainment reporter as film critic gimmick, which we've talked about on Shake Them Ropes before, the uh, the Mark S. Wahlbergs, and the uh, you know the, the there's certain there's certain people that are absolutely co-opted media. I forget. What is the guy from the preview channel, Jim something or other. He never saw a movie he never did not like. He, every movie was spectacular. He could always find something great to say. And sometimes you get wrestling critics like that, too. It's like, man, this is W. Man, you know, strong storytelling. You know, they just continued the build for this stomping ground pay-per-view that's coming up later. I mean, they, they made some incremental steps. We should give them credit for it and not be... Uh, not be so critical. But people are turning out in droves. But they're still making money. So you're going to get that argument all the time. Yeah, well, they're still profitable. What do you care? You'll be one of those Dave Meltzer fanboys that thinks everything should be New Japan? No, I don't. I don't think New Japan could work here. Because the New Japan style, what they have is uh, they do not have weekly television. They don't have to fill five hours a week. So they can have big shows that are blow away and memorable. And they back off a bit, and they have house show tours, and they have, you know, your best of the super junior tournaments where you back off of, you know, your main roster talent and give these guys some shine. And you'll get a tag team tournament here and there, and you'll get your G1, which will have all your stars, and that's your big, you know, one-month-long WrestleMania tournament to set up the big show on New Year's. You, you, You have things that set up other things as opposed to what we have right now is we have 12 to 13 pay-per-views a year. That's product. And you're going to get a lot of it. I'm not sure there's coherent storytelling involved. But you're going to get the product. And your people are going to get to see these big shows. And, you know, it's a big-time pay-per-view every single month. I don't know, guys. I've, I almost came on and started off the show saying we're going back down to one show a week. And it still may happen because I just I can't watch this. Um, and I'm not one to be broken. I like wrestling. I like wrestlers. I don't like this product. It's 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 not a there there aren't enough personalities on the shows to keep me invested in it. I'll give you an example. The the both Raw and SmackDown are revolving around Shane McMahon, who's not a very good promo. Not a very interesting person other than he's a McMahon and they're trying to relive the whole, you know, evil boss type gimmick, which I thought we had been rid of. The goodwill on these shows, like when you had Paige or you had Daniel Bryan as a GM or even Shane when he was a babyface, those are gone. We're getting office politics over and over again. You know, Shane McMahon isn't building up Drew McIntyre. By being associated with him, Drew McIntyre is there to make Shane McMahon relevant. Same with Elias. Same with now the Revival joining the crew. That's It's not going to be a stable to be a stable of great guys. It's going to be a stable to feed to Roman Reigns, probably. Get Shane over as the mega boss of the crew. Help him out. Give him wins, and then he'll come in and destroy people. You know, it's great heat, but to what end? Is Shane McMahon... You know, going to be your 
most powerful heel? Are we going to eventually get, you know, <laughs> Shane versus Roman at Mania? Are we going to get Shane versus Drew McIntyre eventually? Because remember, that's how they think they make stars sometimes. They think they make stars by being in the ring with Shane McMahon. That, that's what they thought about the AJ Styles build. That's what they thought about the Kevin Owens build. That's what they thought about Sami Zayn being involved in the program. That's what they thought about Daniel Bryan being tagging up with Shane McMahon. To get him back his star aura. We're going to team him with Shane McMahon. <laughs> I, I just don't know. It's, it's, it's a frustrating thing to watch. And you, 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 you combine that with other things you see in the other minor storylines and you just go, you know, Becky Lynch is still pretty good as a baby face, but she hasn't been likable in weeks. You know, she's just angry all the time and she's just calling, you know, Lacey Evans a plank. You know, she has to come off tough and all the other things. I mean, I don't need dancing river dance, Becky, but, you know. And I like Lacey Evans a lot. I think she's great. I just think, you know, hey, she got beat, cool her down a bit, and then heat her back up. But nope, they just kept on going and going and going. Let's talk about this Bailey storyline, because I expect Bailey to lose the title at Stomping Grounds. I know that sounds insane. She just got it at Money in the Bank, but I expect her to lose it to Alexa Bliss at Stopping Grounds. Now, why? Well, she lost this week, which we'll get into in a second. So that gives her enough time on this go-home show next week to get a win. And then probably Nikki helps Alexa in some ways. Because if you notice, they're not telling the story of Bailey's new focused, you know, attitude anymore. They dropped that two weeks ago. Now it's the story of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross's friendship. Bailey is just a plot device to keep that story going. And it makes the story more interesting. They're always going to follow the more interesting story. It's a little like Slacker, if you remember that old Link Ladder thing, where you have a guy walk in and then all of a sudden camera veers off onto another person, follows him for a while, etc. Right now, Alexa Bliss who is seen as more of a star in this division than anybody almost, is the more interesting character and has a more interesting story. So giving her the belt, I think, would do that. Now, you could always have Bailey win this and then go on to a program with, say, Charlotte or Becky again, and that'd be intriguing, too, to move on to something else. And they may do that, too. They may, you know, it's a story to tell where, where you know, Bailey can then hang out with the high-quality wrestlers in the women's division, and Alexa Bliss can ha hang out with the characters of the division. I'm cool with that. But let's talk about San Jose, California. If you remember a couple years ago, they had a pay-per-view in San Jose, California, where Bailey lost to Alexa Bliss and looked dumb doing it. They made these shirts with her, her logo hugging the San Jose Sharks as a welcome back into there. Guess what they did this week? Another special hometown Bailey shirt where she gets beat up and pinned. Now, she made a save later in a dark match. But what are you doing? You're coming out with great merchandise for the hometown crowd to cheer on their favorite daughter. And you're having her lose. Do you like burning money? 
I mean, the the only other time I've thought of this where, you know, it seemed insane were those Y2AJ shirts when that program lasted a week and they broke up and you were the dummy for buying the shirt. You're the dummy for buying a Bailey shirt in San Jose. And it's it's mind-boggling to me why they do this. Look, and my biases about Bailey are well known. I thought she was a million dollar character. I thought she was a female John Cena. I you get the undercurrents that they don't find her traditionally attractive. If you remember the Like a Girl campaign that came out uh around the time of the Super Bowl, Bailey nowhere to be found in that. A lot of blondes. Couple that weren't even on television at the time. They added in Sasha Banks in there for a very brief appearance, but it was mostly Charlotte, Dana Brooke, Alexa Bliss, your usual suspects. You remember Stephanie talking about Chris Benoit, who was a great wrestler. Killed his wife and child, I get that. But they didn't understand his market marketability. Stephanie famously said, who'd want to sleep with him? I'll use a euphemism, because I don't want to swear on this program. If they don't find you sexy, they're not giving you the belt. But you, they'll give you, but you know what? If you're respected as a worker, they'll work you both shows. Like they did Bailey, like they did Kevin Owens, like they did Sami Zayn. These guys are guys, you know, we'll just use their goodwill. We'll put them on both shows for both nights. Call it the wild card. Not overexpose our stars necessarily and move on with our lives. I'm just, I'm just kind of uh, a little dumbfounded. I think eventually they build up Bailey to be another tag team uh, person and take it away from the Iconics, who are funny. I enjoyed their title defense this week. That was fun. Revival won the tag team titles. Their titles are now just as important as the women's tag team titles. Tag team wrestling is back, guys. Remember that week when we thought that they were serious about rebuilding tag team wrestling? Those are good times. I enjoyed those. <laughs> Sucker Hawkins into thinking things will get better. When you, he knows. My cynicism is well-placed and well-founded. You know, NXT is uh, changing names. Of people, we'll get into that on on the later show this week. But uh, that to me is always a sign where they don't think people are good enough on their own. So we're gonna have to change their names. We're gonna have to find a name that pops, and then we'll introduce them as ours. And then once they get behind, we'll have a star again, as opposed to using the goodwill from built on the indies. That's not what makes stars. We make the stars. It's uh, you know, watching the people that they're changing the names of. I'm just like. Yeah, that it's always a sign of desperation for me when you see that. I did enjoy SmackDown somewhat. I think the only people having fun on this roster, for the most part, are the New Day. And that's the other thing that's really lacking in both these shows on the main roster is nobody's having any fun. And I don't mean meta comedy, and, you know, sometimes the New Day can get into that, but I just mean, you know, even when he was playing a bad guy, Ric Flair was eating it up. He was chewing scenery. You know, he'd make his little snide remarks about Dusty here and there, about, you know, the booker and, you know, money and things like that, but he was just having the time of his life. I think Shane's having fun. I just think he's a bad actor. 
you know, no offense to him. I don't think Miz is having fun. I don't see, you know, maybe Daniel Bryan's having fun somewhat. That was a fun little squash match. Heavy Machinery, though, are just, where's their personality? They're blue-collar solid. They're taglines. I didn't finish my Saudi Arabia thought. I'm just rambling here. I'm an idiot. Hate listeners are going to love this. I found a couple on Twitter. Ah, Hawkins was complaining about this. He still listened. Thanks. The only form of sports entertainment that's cross-cultural. Well, technically it's true. Want to know why? Because it made up the term sports entertainment. Ergo, they are the only ones who fit in that definition. Now, far be it for me to suggest that the Harlem Globetrotters aren't exactly lacking in subtext that some audiences may not understand. Now, why is that bucket that's not full of water but full of confetti funny? And it's, it's not like people from other cultures watch the Three Stooges and don't get the deep, you know, symbolic meaning of shemp or something. Okay, the Three Stooges are very easy to get. Harlem Globetrotters is very easy to get. WWE being some sort of higher form of entertainment that transcends boundaries and cultures. Uh, Okay, sure. (laughs) Yes, yes. When world peace is made, it will be because of the world wrestling entertainment coming in and showing us all how to laugh again. (laughs) I don't know. I, I just, it's laying it on a bit thick. I don't know if it's for advertisers or it's for us because it's so weird because you're supposed to be giving messages to your audience. And I don't know if this is go out there, you WWE universe fans and you fight. Remember that fight for WWE? Yes. Go out in the public square and argue to your heart's content that WWE is really a superior product to others and, it's such a weird, <laughs> it, it, it's an absolutely mind-boggling conundrum that they're in and that they want people to like them. And yet the language they use on television just turns off, would turn off anybody who had never watched them before. Not even the, not even the, the wrestling or the product or the bad comedy or anything. If they turned off their TV picture and just listened through their speakers... Do you think that this sounds like a television product that people would enjoy? It sounds like they're being inundated with marketing. I just... But they're still making money. They're still successful. And they've broken many a fan. That's the weird thing. They've broken, you know, lots of people. You have plenty of WWE product to intake. The wrestlers are obviously frustrated at times, especially the ones having to chase around our truth Although that was, you know, that wasn't bad. There were some moments in there. Drake Maverick saying he's not Hornswoggle. You know, funny, humorous. Ha ha, make me laugh. But what are you enjoying on this product? Let me know. I, I, I really want to know what, you know, because I'm in my own bubble. I'm in the Twitterverse. I'm not among the hoi polloi. I mean, we've had people on this show before who were guests when I had my afternoon schedule. You know, I could call up a Marquia McCarty who, you know, basically does 
after buzz stuff and comic book news shows and things. You know, she's a casual fan, but she liked everything. So I fully admit I'll be wrong from time to time. I don't know. Not a lot of newsworthy stuff on either of these shows other than the tag team title change. You know, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens got quite a bit of workout, so if you like them, and they're very, very entertaining. They're very, very good at what they do. But they are your appetizer. They are there to set up other people. And it's obvious. It's obvious that they are they're just gonna keep milking this goodwill until we no longer have goodwill about them. That's about it for me. I'm gonna go. See you next week, or see you later this week for uh, 205 NXT UK and NXT.